Welcome back to John Bound Politics on DailyNewsCollective.com. Please subscribe to the John Bound Politics YouTube site while you still can, and be sure to check Daily News Collective for breaking news worldwide. Well, it's easy to see for anyone with half a brain that the Democrats are going full bore on their push to cancel the entire Republican Party. Marjorie Taylor Greene is just the best example they could come up with to continue their vilification of Americans that ask questions they don't like. Because a lot of those questions are about them, the all-knowing, holier-than-thou, bleeding hearts of the Democratic Party, our emperors our masters. There were, of course, 11 shell-shocked Republicans that voted to remove Green from her committee position on the House Education and Labor Committee, with the final tally of 230 yeas to 199 nays. And while a minority out there thrive on the hall-monitored government-is-your-daddy culture, the rest of us that have a sense of integrity and individualism are left shaking our heads. It isn't so much Green's loss of her position, it's the optics of the entire circus. The left complained that Green was clearly making overt threats of violence towards other members. And from the display we just witnessed from AOC, for most people it goes in one ear and out the other. Because to most people, judging by the social media post that Hoyer decided to turn into a giant billboard, and show off to the other country club snobs in the house, Green just appears to look like Snake Plissken or Cobra flaunting her Second Amendment rights in front of the squad who are going to do everything they can to take those rights away from you. And a lot of the claims got spun into half-truths. For example, they claim that Green had said on social media that Jewish lasers from space, no, not a B-movie, had caused the wildfires in California. Outraged that she was anti-Semitic when she actually never explicitly said Jewish lasers. She had mentioned companies that are known to be owned by Jewish people, but that was enough. It was enough for the latent racism in the Democratic Party to run with the ball, and they ran with it, adding to their claims that the left's inherent self-righteous authority would remove the scourge of violent rhetoric no matter where it comes from. Problem is, the vast majority of it comes from their self-serving, America-loathing, hypocritical party, the Democratic Party. I feel it's important from time to time to educate and revisit their hypocrisy. So the following are reports detailing the left's invisible army of Biden cancel culture, Antifa wannabe Bolsheviks, and the Nobel Peace Prize-nominated BLM, who murdered at least 25 people in the mostly violent, mostly looting, and mostly rioting that plagued middle America in an orgy of a transfer of wealth, most of which has been barely acknowledged by the Democrats to the present day. This information is important and blindingly relevant because average Americans, mainly veterans who have sacrificed for their country, are now being labeled domestic violent extremists by the left. Another report will educate you and like minds you share this with on the creeping cancer of radicalized Marxism in American universities, which has been there for decades. I hope that you find a nugget of truth from these reports as they are cannonballs of liberty when it comes to the left's narrative, they are selling to the zombies being spoon-fed their authoritarian socialism. Please correct me if I am mistaken, aren't we now six years into a slippery, unchecked mass media culture of dangerous legalized propaganda? 
unfortunately today we did not hear what we needed to hear from that person that these extremists and unstable people look to. The president said that we will fly our flags at half mast until August 8th. That's 8-8. Now I'm not going to imply that he did this deliberately, but I am using it as an example of the ignorance of the adversary that's being demonstrated by the White House. The numbers 8-8 are very significant in neo-Nazi and white supremacy movement. Why? Because the letter H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. And to them, the numbers 8-8 together stand for Heil Hitler. These people feel that they are the foot soldiers and executors of, of what the disenfranchisement that the white race is feeling. And Donald Trump is giving them subliminal orders in their head. He ramped Touch it up again yeah. to the invasion, the warning people of the caravan and words like infestation. What do you do with an infestation? With an infestation, the natural uh, the conclusion is to attempt an extermination. President Obama used the power of the presidency mm -hmm. to try to pass comprehensive immigration reform with the Latino community, Latino leaders at the table. You now have a president, as you said, talking about exterminating right. Latinos. This isn't MSNBC, Tucker. This is MSNFO Wars. Alex Jones is watching that and saying, boy, even to me, that sounds a little bit crazy. Wasn't it the Democrat savior President Obama's bright idea that in January of 2013, Obama signed the 2013 NDAA, which contained a distracting clause allowing the indefinite detention of U.S. citizens without trial, and then slyly signed H.R. 4310, which was mundanely titled the Smith-Munt Modernization Act of 2012, legalizing propaganda, as was reported by legendary journalist Michael Hastings at the time? And weren't there two recent mass shootings that were immediately hijacked by Democrats within minutes of each event as a platform to demonize the President of the United States before he could officially react to America? He's described human beings as an infestation, which you or I might describe cockroaches or termites, but, but not human beings. He asserted that immigrants would, quote, carve you up with a knife. Not to mention the vilification of anyone that agrees with the president's tough talk about a growing Democrat-ignored dangerous border situation and the invisible third-world status of our inner cities. We must also stop the hateful, incendiary comments. we got to do it. I'm just reminded of a conversation that I had with my 10-year-old niece this weekend. She said, Uncle Elijah, 10 years old now, Uncle Elijah, are they going to put us in cages? Are they going to put us in cages? Did it seem a bit hyper-real that after America witnessed two blatant socialist Democrat debate circuses, that the tragedy that followed in El Paso was aggressively utilized to promote division by Democrats, even though the now questionable manifesto of the shooter, who was the son of a nefarious John of God cult member, alludes to leftist ideology? And weren't the ignored eyewitness accounts in El Paso of numerous shooters quickly converted into a controlled narrative by liberal media? You heard the shooting? That's when my mom, and she saw the three men running. That's when she told us to drop to the floor. And then you just started heading back. Started heading to the so you heard multiple, sh you guys heard multiple shooters. A liberal Chinese-owned Hollywood is now making movies catered to leftist extremist ideology where Trump supporters are rounded up on private land and hunted by elite liberals. We pay for everything. 
So this country belongs to us. It's just business. Hunting human beings for sport. They're not human beings. <laughs> and what was with the drawn-out reporting of no apparent motive in the Dayton incident? Yet the Dayton shooter was clearly a psychopathic, radicalized Elizabeth Warren-supporting satanic Antifa grindcore musician who would have easily been mind-control bait for movies like The Hunt that recently had to be scaled back due to its obvious triggering influence on liberal cowards that shoot into crowds of innocent people. Every year, a bunch of elites kidnap normal folk like us. We're being hunted. How many more of these psychos are out there right now anyway? You would know better than me. They're your friends after all. Aren't they Democrats? The United States didn't inherit slavery from anybody. We created it. It got created by the Virginia General Assembly and the legislatures of other states. It got created by the court systems in colonial America and sense that enforced fugitive slave laws. It was, we created it. And we created it and maintained it over centuries. The corporatic neoliberals, self-serving Democrats, New World Order, United Nations, and Hollywood's white guilt celebrity cult, backed Black Lives Matter movement, is eating its own tail. The United Nations, which ludicrously allowed Saudi Arabia to head a Human Rights Council panel and elected Saudi Arabia to the Commission on the Status of Women, had to recently remove a tweet where they condemned Attorney General Barr for labeling Antifa as domestic terrorists. But while the attention to chaos falls on the loosely based trust fund babies of pro-globalists known as Antifa, Black Lives Matter is wreaking havoc as their very message of solidarity to protect the black community from violent police brutality hypocritically ignores the biggest threat to their own safety, themselves. Oh, oh, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Quit touching me. It's just a wheel that's revolving. As FBI crime statistics reveal that roughly 90% of violence against black folks are other black folks. Of course, the same can be said for white-on-white -white violence and Hispanic-on-Hispanic -Hispanic violence, etc., but the neoliberal left is stoking a fire that can only reach dangerous carefully strategized proportions as a black man is shot and killed in the no-go police autonomous zone known as CHOP. New police body cam video shows the moment officers responded to Seattle's so-called CHOP or the Capitol Hill organized protest zone. Police say two people were shot and one was killed. Gunfire breaks out across the spectrum of United Nations Strong Cities networks. At least nine people were shot, one of them critically injured. Here is Chief Kenton Buckner from the Syracuse Police Department. Uh, our officers were on scene for a stolen car report. Uh, while on scene, they encountered several hundred individuals. Uh, they began running towards officers saying uh, that individuals were shooting from the crowd. Uh, it is important to note that our officers did not hear shots fired while they were on scene. Uh, obviously, something had occurred prior to their arrival. While Chicago, the barometer of gang-banging doom, saw the most violent weekend in modern history. We heard six shots, about six, probably six to eight shots going off. And at the time, when the shots rang, we came outside, didn't see anything. 
Someone inside a blue Honda opened fire on the man's car and he drove himself to the hospital. Police say he suffered a graze wound to the abdomen but refused treatment. His three-year-old son was shot in the back and pronounced dead. Prior to what is now escalating into modified gang-banging turf warfare, of greater concern was the widespread looting of gun stores across the country, and now those guns are lighting up the streets. Many black leaders are condemning the hypocrisy, while the left supports radicals like Professor Frempong, who are normalizing hatred and fomenting race war. The online comments and videos of UGA teacher's assistant Irami Ose Frempong are spreading rapidly. Ose Frempong, who calls himself the funky academic online, recently commented on Facebook, some white people may have to die for black communities to be made whole, and fighting white people is a skill. Some white people may have to die. You stick with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused on why that's so controversial. Inflammatory comments allowed to essentially yell fire in a crowded theater where the feature presentation is an old screenplay written by the Weather Underground starring Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the Open Society, the United Nations, and the communist takeover of the United States. Trump's not ever going to become president, right? Right? And you replied, no. No, he's not. We'll stop it. That text was written late at night in shorthand. I don't care when it was written. About. I don't care it's whether it was longhand, cursive. FBI weasel Peter Strzok recently blurted out, I'm concerned. The things that I have heard the attorney general say, some of the actions of the Department of Justice unfolding or rolling back the prosecution of General Michael Flynn, the sentencing of Roger Stone, give me great concern. You won't hear this sycophantic Trump derangement syndrome sufferer praise Attorney General Barr, no matter what he does, even if Barr is dealing with an American war zone in Chicago. The increase in violence that has plagued Chicago and other cities is what prompted the department to launch Operation Legend two months ago in Kansas City, Missouri. The operation is named for Legend Talaferro, a four-year-old Kansas City boy shot and killed while asleep in his bed. The purpose of the operation is to make clear that his life mattered, his name should be remembered, and other innocent victims like him, including the eight-year-old girl killed in Chicago on Labor Day, should not suffer such senseless deaths. Police canvas yet another crime scene and try to find the person responsible for killing another one of Chicago's children while another family figures out how to mourn a little girl. Over the past two months, federal agents involved in Operation Legend have made more than 2,500 arrests, many for violent crimes, including homicide and sexual assault. Bringing federal charges is significant uh, because defendants arrested for violent crimes are often detained before trial, unlike state defendants who are too often released. In addition, federal defendants will face serious sentences if convicted with a real possibility of long-term imprisonment at the Bureau of Prisons facility out of state. In Kansas City, violent crime has dropped by 32% since we launched Operation Legend. In St. Louis, homicides have dropped by 47% in the four weeks since Operation Legend began. In Detroit, homicides have dropped more than 25% and non-fatal shootings have dropped by more than 35%. 
In Memphis, homicides in August dropped by nearly 27%. In Milwaukee, non-fatal shootings have dropped by 25% in the five weeks since the operation began. Over the first five weeks of Operation Legend in Chicago, murders dropped by 50%. One of those cases, the 4th of July Inglewood killing of 14-year-old Vernardo Jones Jr. On Independence Day, 14-year-old Vernardo Jones Jr. was playing basketball with friends in a Chicago park when he was senselessly killed in a massacre that left eight people dead or wounded. Investigators releasing images of this gray infinity sedan with temporary tags seen near the fatal shooting, police say, of 20-month-old Sincere Gaston, the youngest life taken during a weekend of extreme violence. That was my world. Yeah, that coward took world. a piece of us. He broke us. Broke us. He stole my baby from me. Police say a person fired shots into a vehicle carrying the eight-year-old, DeJora Wilson, her mother, and two others. For the fourth straight weekend, children are among the shooting victims. At least 60 people have been shot, nine of them killed. In fact, protesters slash rioters are doing all they can to stop the federal response to their ongoing communist death to America mantra in blue cities across the country. The group on Friday night saying 100 federal agents coming to Kansas City is not the answer. There's no black mafia. There is no conspiracies of murder that are taking place. The reason that these this violent crime is taking place is because there's a lack of resources in our community. Multiple people are arrested during a protest protest against Operation Legend in downtown Detroit. Detroit will breathe organize the protest to speak out against federal agents who were sent by the Trump administration to assist with the increasing gun violence. In Portland, they've been messing with protesters for the last week, um, and we don't want them here. I expect more protests for as long as we need to. We'll be out here for an entire year if we need to. The armed militia that went down to Lansing you know, they had swastikas and they were mainly white men and so there was no federal troops there. It doesn't actually fix the problems that are plaguing our communities. It puts further pressure on this pressure cooker that is squeezing our communities uh, without resources. We do not want or need federal interference in local affairs. We do not want a federal occupation in the city of Memphis. This is an ideological political ploy to justify and continue the criminalization and over-policing of black and brown communities. Many of our community members already feel unsafe by, uh, by those who are engaged in criminal activities within the community. We don't need to have someone who we hope is there to serve and protect us also there to over-police us. It gives me hope that maybe if we can keep pushing and keep the movement going that our kids won't have to be fighting for the same thing that we've been fighting for over the past 500 years. But regardless of Attorney General Barr's common sense approach to the madness, these fools in the streets ultimately continue to support the violence they represent. Their neglect to face the truth results in their hypocrisy to aid and abet the continuation of American children being exploited and murdered. This is no longer a peaceful protest. It is a parade of domestic terror waging war on the children of America. Operation Legend is going to happen. And with or without y'all, it's going to happen. Sharon Powell is a grieving mother fighting for justice for her son and many other families who have lost a loved one. We have 20 to 30 shootings a week in the Kansas City metro area. Operation Legend is to investigate murders that has been unsolved and one of those is for my four-year-old son that did not make it to five. So if you're against that, maybe you have to reevaluate your stands and your mentality to see what direction you're headed in.
In early December of 2018, Brooklyn's $3 Bill Club sold tickets to the Club Woe show, promising 11-year-old drag kid Desmond Napoles, aka Desmond is Amazing, would headline the event. The events surrounding 11-year-old Desmond could represent a turning point in the American conscience that has been quietly eaten up by pansexual, institutionalized Marxism. A slow-acting sickness that causes even the most average American citizen to wonder what is behind the acceptance of a child like Desmond, an acceptance that flies in the face of child endangerment laws. Some of us are well-schooled on what has become known as cultural Marxism, and many of our fellow American citizens are not, and I can't blame them. Marxist theory is a giant mess of complicated mental illness, but I'm sure you need more information than that. So what if I simply told you that that following World War II, a group of Marxist political theorists who seemed harmless after having fled persecution in Nazi Europe after betting on the wrong totalitarian horse, communism, brought their complete disgust for Western culture to Columbia University in New York City and gradually spread their cancer into the government, media, and academic institutions of the United States. Notably flaring up in the 1960s, as Dr. Theodore Dalrymple put it, these new theories appealed to utopian adolescents who, number one, wanted to deny that they were the most fortunate generation that had ever lived, and number two, dreamed of a life completely without restraints on their pleasure. Giving the baby boomers what they wanted and not what they needed, Frankfurt School adherent, former member of the Brain Trust of the OSS American War Machine, and godfather of the new left, Herbert Marcuse, along with his contemporaries, engineered a slow-moving Marxist revolution from within American society, utilizing a mass psychoanalytic Hegelian dialectic psyop that is blossoming today amongst the lethargic minds of the millennial generation. Uh, my friends say the Frankfurt School considered psychology uh, one of the main uh, branches of knowledge that had to be uh, integrated with Marxian theory. By no means replacing Marxian theory, but uh, taking it into Marxian a synthesizing technique known as repressive tolerance. Thankfully, in the interest of time, Marcuse simplified the definition of repressive tolerance, saying repressive tolerance is intolerance against movements from the right and toleration of movements from the left. Repressive tolerance is achieved by arming the thoughts of emotional, rationally vacant liberals with the potent weapon of critical theory, a hive mentality that produces a cathartic for the self-loathing types of our society when confronting the social, historical, and ideological forces gluing the structures of a society together. One of the most effective objectives that can crater a moral society is the evil debasement of children. And lo and behold, the Frankfurt School pushed that objective wholeheartedly. It is the third objective on an 11-point plan of recommendations to take down America, published by the nation as follows. Number one the creation of racism offenses. Number two, continual change to create confusion. Number three, the teaching of sex and homosexuality to children. Number four, the undermining of schools and teachers' authority. Number five, huge immigration to destroy identity. Number six, the promotion of excessive drinking. Number seven, emptying of churches. Number eight, an unreliable legal system with bias against victims of crime. 
Number nine, dependency on the state or state benefits. Number 10, control and dumbing down of media. And number 11, encouraging the breakdown of the family. These points read like a checklist that we are smack dab in the middle of experiencing. Is it starting to make sense now? Why a sexualized 11-year-old boy dancing for adults can openly exist in today's American society with no fear of reprisal? Not to mention that Desmond's career is overseen by his mother and promoted by a convicted murderer, Michael Alec. Desmond is the red alert siren blaring in your face, forcing us all to come to terms with the fact that the Marxist tactics of the left are succeeding, and any criticism of Desmond's situation is suspicious in this politically correct gulag where the left, not the Bill of Rights, now makes the rules. And they can easily do this, knowing full well they are backed up by the Marxist globalist construct occupying Hollywood, Silicon Valley, the mainstream media, and the U.S. government. The solution, America? Fearlessly and relentlessly exercise your freedom of speech until this new left realizes which country they are pointlessly shouting in. If the troops occupying Washington, D.C. haven't been sent home after the imaginary threat persisting on Inauguration Day, will they ever be sent home? What is the specific threat? What group, what's the size of it? What, it's capa what are its capabilities that requires us to have more soldiers sitting in a few square blocks on our capital then we have in all of Iraq and Afghanistan combined. We will probably need a supplemental uh, for uh, more security for members when the enemy is within the House of Representatives. And let me be clear, the logistics involved in moving 25,000 people from every state and territory to D.C. in less than two weeks and supporting them is unprecedented. General, uh, you know, 12 Guard soldiers were removed uh, right before the inaugural, I guess two for incendiary comments, 10 others also removed. Did that have to do with extremism? And have you had to remove anyone else since then for whatever reason? Yeah, 25,000 plus guardsmen here. The FBI said that 12, didn't tell us why, just said that 12 were questionable and we're not taking any chances. We're not accepting any risk we sent those guardsmen back to their home state. As the Wall Street Journal reported, some congressional staffers and extremism researchers say there are concerns about possible violence surrounding former President Donald Trump's impeachment proceedings, as well as in connection with March 4th, the nation's original inauguration day. QAnon conspiracy theorists say that could be the day that Mr. Trump again becomes president. So the best they can come up with is that people may be angry that Congress is violating the Constitution in a pointless display of TDS-inspired impeachment, and that QAnon is calling the shots for the GOP. And it increasingly seems, unfortunately, that in the House Republican caucus, Kevin McCarthy answers to these QAnon members of Congress, not the other way around. Joe Biden, sitting behind the razor wire and troops, has now signed a record 40 executive orders in a week's time. An autocratic act labeled a dictatorship in Biden's own words during the campaign. We are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something. Things you can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. Biden has also proceeded over a stock market rigged in favor of hedge fund billionaires 
tied to his Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen. Yeah, so she received $810,000 from Citadel for past speaking gigs. And Citadel infused Melvin Capital Management with billions when they got hammered for their GameStop shorts. So this raises the question, should Janet Yellen, as Treasury Secretary, recuse herself from advising the Biden administration on what to do about GameStop? And destroyed 70,000 jobs, a presidential record in his first day in office. Not to mention he has opened the borders for tens of thousands of COVID migrants to spread into the United States during what he has described as the darkest days of the pandemic. And here's the simple truth. Our darkest days in the battle against COVID are ahead of us, not behind us. Meanwhile, Biden's friends and family are licking their chops over further sweetheart foreign nepotism deals. There's another report, by the way, that Hunter Biden was, you know, apparently he was supposed to give up all his ownership in these uh, Chinese companies. But a report came out uh, yesterday that the city still apparently has his 10 percent stake in BHR, that private equity firm in China. Of course, we can't talk about this on social media because you will be labeled, you will be attacked because you're talking about a truthful story. At this rate, Biden will be known globally as the first dictator the United States has ever seen. Thanks for tuning in to John Bound Politics. Please subscribe if you haven't already at dailynewscollective.com. It is our mission to bring you some semblance of truth in this crumbling once great republic that is spiraling into a corporatic monoculture on the verge of disaster. Of course, you can find us at dailynewscollective.com, John Bound reports on rumble.com, John Bound politics on YouTube while it's still there, Bound reports on band.video, and as always, a big thank you to hcuniversalnetwork.com. Good night, America, wherever you are.